welcome to the Wannabe Gaming Podcast. This is episode number two on January 22, 2019. I'm Brett Jackson, and joining me digitally is Michael Dewey. Let's get started. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing pretty good. I want to remind everybody that they can follow us on Twitter if they're interested at WBGCast. That's WBGCast on Twitter. If you also want to follow myself, I'm Michael Dewey 99 and Brett is I am Brett Jackson on Twitter as well. And don't forget, if you do enjoy the podcast, um, be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. Awesome. Uh, I guess let's start off with uh, what we've been playing. What have you been playing, Mike? I know you uh, started Red Dead a little bit, but where are you at with it? Yeah. So Brett was gracious enough to send me his copy of Red Dead after he finished it. So I, <laughs> yeah. I am just now starting it. I had some time this uh, holiday weekend to bring it up. Um, I was just getting to the very beginning of the introductory introduction. So, you know, spoilers for anybody who's hasn't played it yet. You know, I've already burned down the cabin and I've already rescued John, I believe it is. And, you know, had my fight with the wolves. Um, ironically, it's my second time doing that. When I was at my brother-in-law's house, I did the introduction trial thing again. And what was funny, again, I know that most people probably already get this, but it was just funny going through it my second time, where the first time I didn't realize when you hit left trigger, it automatically like targets the closest target to you. And so you don't have to do a lot of like manual aiming oh, yeah. in your the, typical the first person shoot. shooters. The rock star, so the first time I did that wolf that. scene where I'm on the horse trying to steer the horse while keep up with the other horsemen while st- still also shooting the wolves was quite humorous and really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think I failed it like the first yeah. two times because it was a lot of a lot of things to handle, a lot of things to try to track down. The second time when I did it, it was like, butter it was so easy i was just like left trigger right trigger left trigger right trigger and oh man that was that was pretty much it so how do you do the have you figured out a solution i never did and i'm i'm done with it so maybe next rockstar game i've never figured out a solution to if you're riding on a horse uh and somebody's chasing you behind you so you have to pivot your camera uh like behind you but you still want to ride your horse straight um, and figure out where you're going and you want to lock on and shoot. How do you do that all at the same time and not just completely crash into something? <laughs> I haven't figured that out yet. The truth is I haven't even had to have <laughs> okay, that well, issue yet. So, <laughs> Cause my solution is to like, you know, you can do it. You have all the controls to do it. It's just really awkward because my, you know, if I'm shooting, I need to be aiming with like I have to kind of put my hand over on the stick so I can reach both of the bumpers at the same time while pressing the trigger. It's really awkward, but that's what I resort to. Like if I really want to be precise with it, otherwise I'll just like just aim and hope that my horse doesn't run into a tree or something, <laughs> or, but or that teeny usually tiny rock. it works out. Yeah. And I, they're so like, they don't explain anything about like, it, does your horse follow the guys all the time? Like if you hold down a, does he follow? Are you supposed to like double tap a and then hold it? Or sometimes does he, I, I still didn't completely understand by the time I was done, like every single scenario, like how do I auto follow my, a guy on a mission? And like, what do I have to press? And what, <laughs> I don't know. There was a lot, of, there's a lot of buttons to learn. I mean, I will yeah. say that it was, it's much harder to learn it 
than I was expecting in terms of all the controls. I'm still, I'm still good learning. Like I come up to the horse and, you know, you push, I think, was it left bumper to bring up your inventory, but then you have to go right and left to also select the gun. But I, 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 if I let go of the left bumper, then all, everything goes away. And so, yeah, it's just kind of weird. Um, speaking of controls and speaking of games that we're playing recently, I had an epiphany with Lucio on Overwatch. So, you know, when we were playing, oh, yeah. we, we, so when we first started playing, we played Farah, and it was just ridiculously hard because you we were trying to figure out the button for constant jet boosts and stuff like that. It, and then when you had, um, you know, I think it was A at the time. And so it was just really hard to push A and right trigger to shoot and keep floating. So we switched it to jump was left trigger. And all of a sudden it was like eye opening of what you what you could do with, with Farah. So with Lucy, I think I need to switch his jump to left trigger as well. And the reason why is I was starting to do like wall runs more. And I realized that I kind of have to like switch my hand to this really awkward like N64 method of holding. Um, you know how like Brian would always hold the controller? Not with the middle, uh, the N64 controller. He'd hold like the, you know, the traditional ways you hold the middle and the hold the right um, anchor kind of thing. But he would do this oh, weird. Yeah, but he'll do like yeah, cup, two claws. Yeah, claw cup <laughs> over where his thumb was on the, the middle spot and over the yeah which is really weird claw looking uh hold i found myself having that hold with lucy while i was wall riding and was having a hard time aiming and shooting and so i think i'm going to actually try adjusting that later to make my left trigger his uh wall ride and i think it's going to be a lot easier to shoot and stay out of sight uh, on the walls when you do that that's super interesting well there's an achievement too that i saw when we were playing the other day that's like I think get three kills while roll, while wall riding. I'm not sure if that's like simultaneously before your drop or if it's just in the same match or something like that. Um, or without dying or I don't know, but I was like, I don't, I don't even know how to get one. Um, cause I can't aim. So yeah, you're probably right. It probably needs to, um, be changed if you don't want to claw. And I, yeah, I don't, it, that's, it's the red dead problem as well with the, it's the same thing I had to do with the aiming while riding straight on a horse. Yeah. Um, that's that's funny though. I sh- we'll have to try it next time we play. Yeah, I figure when I'm done tonight, if I have some time, I might actually hop on and just set that controller style and then try running one game. The other thing, by the way, that I found out, it, you know, I played with with Dom on the Monday, the holiday, you know, because Dom and I both had it off, and oh, yeah. so we were playing for a little bit at what was it, ten o'clock in the morning on a Monday. And oh. <laughs> my goodness, it's so much easier. Like the competition is not good during that time. Everybody <laughs> plays whoever they want to be. There's no tank. There's no healer. There's just crazy DPS all over the place. So Dom and I would just play healer tank and we would just roll, just roll constantly. Um, so yeah, I le- learning the, the peak time, the best time to play is definitely when everybody's at work, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So the goal is for our group to all get their, quit their jobs so we can switch it from Friday night to Monday morning. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then we don't just stay up late and we can, you know, be you know old people and just play during normal times. And that'd be perfect. That'd be perfect. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> everybody else go first and then I'll quit. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say the guy who makes more money and has the opportunity to potentially quit is want to be the last one. So yeah. We'll have to get Brian first. 
Oh, that's true. I don't think we'll ever get Brian to quit. You know, he yeah, says he no. wants to retire. I can hear him right now as he's listening to it. He's like, no, Mike, no, Mike, I'm going to retire. I'm going to do it within the next five years. Like, that's my Brian impression. And, you know, <laughs> that's I can good. hear him saying on. that. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty spot on. <laughs> um, uh, but, but yeah, if we can get him to retire first, then the rest of us might actually be somewhat interested in that. Um, but speaking of other games that we haven't played, we used to play, but we haven't played in a long time, Sea of Thieves. They are doing their darndest to try to get people to come back. <laughs> they have a pretty interesting update. Yeah, I this isn't like uh, I reading through it. It's not actually a huge deal. I just thought it was super interesting, um, and I, I it started uh, getting me to look into Sea of Thieves just a little bit because I was interested in what they're doing. Uh, so the update is I watched a video on it too. Is just that they're making everybody re-download the game in the next patch, I believe. Um, which sucks, but also they're they're almost cutting the install size in half uh, on some of the platforms. Like Xbox One X is a 47 gig install right now, and it goes down to 25 gigs. And then on PC, it's 47 to 27. And then on the base, it's base Xbox One is 35 to 10 to 10. Right, 10 that's going to be me. <laughs> down to which, 10. Which which is ridiculous. Like I I don't under it must just be like um, so much bloat, like just from patching and like not i don't i don't know exactly but because it's not like it's a huge game with a ton of like detailed art assets so it shouldn't be this giant install to begin with but at least they're doing their part to clean clean it up um and it sounded like from what they were saying in the video that it's they're cleaning it up but also hopefully changing the way they patch it to make it not have to be bloated in the future So that'll be nice um, for those people who play it. But then I started researching it a little bit more. And apparently, like, Sea of Thieves has been taking off on Twitch uh, lately. I think there's a streamer called, like, Summit G or some Summit something. But, like, there was... He, like, overtook Ninja. It I'm not sure permanently or for a little bit or... I don't, I don't know. But, like, Ninja is the top streamer with Fortnite. And then Summit overtook him in subscriber count. And while playing Sea of Thieves. Wow. <laughs> and I thought, that, I thought that was hilarious because I didn't think uh, that anybody really cared anymore. But apparently Sea of Thieves is doing really good on Twitch lately. Um, uh, probably just because of that streamer, but is, is, I don't know. Is that like I, the guy who kind of sounds like a girl that's kind of British? Oh, I am not sure. I know who you're talking about because I we used to watch like videos, yeah, YouTube videos. <laughs> all the time about that guy doing crazy stuff. I'm not sure because I didn't click into the stream, but... Um, I wouldn't be surprised, but yeah, interesting. I don't, I don't know if I really have a desire to go full on back into Sea of Thieves quite yet. I, I kind of want to wait until they do a, a, a few more things until I spend more time there. But it's, I'm never probably going to write it off completely though, because I really like some, a lot about the atmosphere and the design. I just don't really, I'm not very good at the PvP, and I right the PvP. <laughs> so I want there game. to be more of a, the rest of the game. Um, but anyways, yeah, so that was my Sea of Thieves update. Yeah, I was going to say this, the PvP on Sea of Thieves is definitely geared more towards uh, PC people. It's not, I don't feel like it's as console friendly, even though it's not like overly complicated controls. I just feel like they're, it's much easier to do at, with a mouse and a keyboard personally. But Yeah, I mean, it just takes a lot of practice to coordinate and get to be able to, and so many of those people that are playing, it seems like they're, they've been playing, so they're they're pretty good. <laughs> at least the people that we had started running into yeah seriously the the ones who are still playing are like hardcore and know what they're doing so um 
So what do you think about the Ubisoft apologizing for players uh, to players for Assassin's Creed Odyssey DLC controversy? You want to explain what that what the controversy even is? Oh yeah, so I this was a little weird, but I've been playing Assassin's Creed, so I was that's why I this one jumped out to me a little bit. I haven't gotten anywhere close to the DLC yet, and I usually don't purchase DLC uh, if that's the kind of thing that it is, which I th- I don't think it's free. But um, so the the whole deal, I guess, is that Assassin's Creed uh, has romantic options in the game. It's not, as far as from what I've experienced, not very detailed. It's basically like you'll you can choose to play as Alexios or Cassandra, so a guy or a girl. And regardless, so far, if you choose to play as either one, you'll get like romantic prompts on a bunch of NPCs when they talk to you. Uh, so you can have the option to say like, you know, flirt with them or like invite them into bed or like do that kind of thing. Uh, and then so you can choose to play like a straight character or a gay character or, a, you know, I'm a mixture with everybody kind of character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so and I don't know if it goes beyond that, like because I'm not anywhere close to being done with that game. So I'm not sure if there's like, I don't think there's like a bunch of branching paths or anything. Cause it's, it, it's Assassin's Creed. It's not the Witcher, but, um, so the DLC, I guess, basically, uh, spoilers for anybody that doesn't want to know, uh, if you're playing Assassin's Creed DLC, uh, so give us a couple minutes, but the, the DLC, I guess, forces you into a story path that, uh, is a heterosexual relationship, which results in, um, a baby <laughs> and you can't uh, avoid doing that so then i guess people were just frustrated because they're like oh i was i was playing the whole game gay and now i'm heterosexual and have a baby <laughs> um so and i was like yeah i guess uh like i i don't really you know it's not a big deal to me either way but i especially because the story is not any way supporting like your romantic choices it's just filler yeah. um Except I could see it, I guess, if people are really trying to RP and like, it's like if you're giving you the option to be one or the other kind of and RP is that a little bit through the choices, like, I don't understand why you'd lock them into something like that uh, in the DLC. It doesn't really make sense. So they came out and apologized, but they still said, I think that like, we're not going to change it. They just said they missed the mark. Um they they didn't realize how attached people would get to the game's protagonists is what they said. Yeah, I could I could see why they <laughs> would is, want to to fix it right now just because that would probably take a, a decent amount of work for a DS, DLC yeah. content. Um and I, I'm kind of with you, like, you know, for me it's no skin off my back either way. Um, however they do it. But it does also not make sense if you are wanting to RP and you're really wanting to get into that and they give you that option of RPing in the game, that they really should offer that same follow through you know they, they should really make an immersive game where what you do affects your the outcome later on in the game kind of like red dead i mean red dead you know if you leave to let somebody survive you know at one point it's going to change how the game plays later on um they, there's constant causality to your actions and what you do in the game and it seemed like they kind of did a very basic job of it they said you know hey this would be kind of fun let's do this but then they didn't really follow through with like the full immersion of it, but they kind of made it seem like you could. So I get, I, I can see why. They yeah. Well, and, and that, yeah, me too. I, I agree. Like they did, they shouldn't have done that. They should have kept with their like, you know, non choices that they do throughout the main game so far, which is literally just filler choice for like how you want your character to talk to this specific person in this one quest. That's as, 
as far as I can tell so far, that's it. But they should have at least probably done the same deal with like, who are you going to get with? Uh, I don't know. You know, maybe that involves more work in branching paths than they've done before. But it's like, you think they could have saw, saw that coming though, if they're giving you the option for romantic stuff earlier on. Um, so that's that's there. As I bet this was one of those situations where the developer thought, hey, this would be funny if you could flirt with a dude. You know, and so like, oh, yeah, let's let's let, let's let that happen, and then it just never went anywhere else from that. Like they forgot that that was kind of a thing. Yeah, like maybe they already had plans for like all the story for the DLC already done, and then they're like, and hey, we should probably just add these options for people who you know want to do the thing. Um, <laughs> which I mean, who knows? Uh, the other the other part to that story was that uh, there's an achievement, I guess, in that DLC called Growing Up. And that happens after you have the baby <laughs> and, and people were really mad because they're like, uh, you know, saying that like, that's, you know, it's shaming because you're like implying that not having a child or being gay made them less of an adult. Okay. That's a uh, little which, bit of a stretch. <laughs> yeah. The, I, I, I was like, you're pushing it guys. But I think Ubisoft did say that they're going to change the name of the achievement. <laughs> Because they can, yeah, that's easy to do. Yes, that's pretty easy. Um, I mean, I when I heard what you said initially, when I read it about the achievement, you know, I thought, oh, they had a kid. A kid grows up. Like that's what I was thinking in regards of an achievement. I wasn't thinking the other way that you you only grow up once you have a kid. Because I don't think that's the case. Yeah, who knows what they like? I don't know what the intent was behind the name, but who knows? Anyways, uh, it's Assassin's Creed, guys. Yeah, who cares? Um, stories store not that great anyway. Um, except it's actually getting better. Dom told me it was going to get better, and it is getting a little better. So the I'll only thing that. I like about Assassin's <laughs> um, Creed, to be honest with you, is jumping off really tall buildings. <laughs> yeah, every time it's a beautiful game. It's it looks awesome. Um, it is. Uh, the gameplay is really like the loop is a lot shallower than some other games because it's really repetitive, but man, it, it looks really yeah. good. Um, and I, I love exploring the worlds that they make. But anyway, speaking of Call of Duty. <laughs> what? Um, what? <laughs> I don't think we were talking about Call of Duty. I, I was trying to segue, Mike. That was my segue. Oh, that was a beautiful um, segue. <laughs> thank you um, so much for that. Um <laughs> So, so you're, Anyways. you're wanting to talk about their battle royale mode and how there's supposed to be a free trial this month? Yeah, so um, I doubt our group will play it because there's too much going on right now that I want our group to try. So Call of Duty is probably not on the list at this point, but it is a Blackout is really fun. Like me and Brian both have it, um, and we've we haven't done it a lot, but usually that's like we've jumped in every once in a while and do we've done doubles and we've done. Um, quads like with two other random guys uh, every once in a while and it's really fun like when when we played PUBG with the four of us it was kind of like a letdown just because of the performance and it's it's the controls suck um, and Blackout is like PUBG but every all those issues are fixed <laughs> nice um, so it's just like it's I could see it being fun if it is the problem is it's part of a $60 package, which, uh, I mean, it has been on sale for 30 sure, but it's like still, they're marketing it as a full game, and most people don't want regular or zombies. People just want Blackout. <laughs> um, so I wish it was a separate game, but I was just wondering, like, you know, the news is that there's a free trial this month. I'm not sure what the date is, if it's like this end of this week or next week. I think it's the end of January at some point, um, but it's a free trial. I'm not sure how long it is either, but... 
I just was wondering like, oh man, is this mean like they're getting, they're maybe doing a test run to see like how many people are going to download this if it's free that don't have the game. And if so, maybe we should spin it off into a free to play, you know, its own thing, which I think that they'll, if they want to compete with Fortnite, uh, inevitably they have to do that. It just makes sense. I don't know why they wouldn't. I, I just puts Call of Duty regular in a weird spot because without a campaign that's not worth sixty dollars yeah exactly um so i don't i don't know what they do i think this year's probably you know it it's if they make it six more months like then they're fine even if they made it a couple more months they're fine nobody's going to complain that much uh i could see them spinning out blackout maybe into its own mode and then maybe next year's call of duty is like back to a campaign and regular and zombies maybe like and maybe blackout is just this thing that like lives on through i don't know though it's like is it is it a treyarch thing like i don't know what in what studios up next for next year's call of duty but it, does that studio then take blackout over or do they make a new version of blackout with a different i don't know there's a lot of weird uh questions there because there's three studios that cycle <laughs> every year yeah that makes it um, hard for continuity it also explains kind of why each one seems to have like, you know, actually now that you mention it, that makes sense because it's almost every third call of duty feels like it comes back to the third previous call of duty, you know, like it goes in cycles. Oh yeah. And it's like, Oh, that's just bringing out the characteristics of each studio having a chance. (laughs) So yeah. And I mean, Treyarch always makes black ops and, uh, and I mean, that's usually the only ones we play because I've from trying the other ones, it's just, it's not my thing, but Black Ops is usually pretty fun. Uh, and this Black Ops in particular is actually very good Call of Duty. It's just that I'm a bit older than the last time I played Call of Duty, so I'm a bit um, suckier. A <laughs> little slower uh, on so, the trigger. Yeah. But I think that's why Blackout was more enticing, just because it's like, you know, you have more space and it's less like instant kill, like you have more time to actually think, but it's the same controls. So it's like, it's just more of a goofy fun mode, like getting a vehicle, getting a helicopter. Like, um, I like it, but I, I would love if they get to the point where they have to do free to play, because then that means I I could get a lot more people to try it. (laughs) Yeah. And honestly, if it's a certain weekend and it goes over on Friday nights, I'd totally be willing to try it out one, one Friday. I mean, all the other games we play, we own so we can play them anytime kind of thing. So you know, if there's a free trial, we yeah. should always jump on it and, and try to do it. So, uh, and honestly, speaking of, I like my fort, Fortnite's time or night, but anyways, what were you going to say? I was going to segue into another thing that's actually not on the list, oh. um, but it's not a big thing. Uh, the Anthem free trial is coming up uh, this week and I believe. Oh, is it this Friday? It's the VIP one this Friday. Um and that's only accessible to people that pre-ordered or who have EA access. But I heard on Reddit um, that people who have access to the VIP thing get three free invite keys. Um, oh, and I have EA access, so maybe I'm gonna. I don't know if the keys are available till Friday, but I'm gonna hop on like Friday morning just in case. Because if it is, so if you're listening, <laughs> we're gonna give away <laughs> give away two keys. Give <laughs> Yeah, two AKA to to Dom and to Brian because you're the only ones listening to our podcast. So, (laughs) so in order to in order to uh, be eligible for those keys, you have to subscribe. Yeah, and you have to have listened to our podcast. Link in the bottom to our PayPal. uh, Fifty bucks for a raffle. Yeah, Um, yeah, that's right. 
Uh, anyways, um, I, if, <laughs> if that actually happens though, I'll, I'll make sure everybody gets keys so we can try it this weekend. Uh, and if not the weekend after is the open, open test for everybody. Um, oh, nice. But I don't we know. We could potentially have two weekends of it. Yeah. So I've just been getting more, I, it still could completely flop who knows, but I'm just like more excited for like maybe a non PVP game that like has a little bit more depth to it that we could play. That would be fun. Um, yeah, but anyways, I'll I'll let you take over uh, these next two because these are Star Wars stuff um, that you put on here, and I don't know a ton about these. So yeah, I was just kind of following a little bit about Star Wars, um, what's happening in the Star Wars industry. I mean, we talked last time about how EA's kind of screwing the pooch with everything it's Star Wars related. <laughs> yeah, and um, when I was listening and reading up on some stuff, I didn't realize there was a mobile game that they were bringing out, and it's Star Wars: Rise to Power. And the more I was reading it, it kind of felt like it was a slight spinoff of like Rebellion. And, you know, I don't know if anybody out there ever played Rebellion, but that was my favorite Star Wars game by far. Hardly anybody else played it. Nobody else really liked it. I get that. But it was one of my favorite ones, mainly because of the, in the depth of it. You could have you had your galaxy and you did diplomacy. You could do insight uprisings. So you could win in many different ways. It wasn't just a, you know, get the biggest fleet, attack, fight everybody um, kind of thing. Like you had to figure out, have a nice balance. You know, you could either get rolled if you went all diplomacy right away, or you, if you went heavy, strong uh, military, sometimes you could get overrun with population and then they would catch up because they'd have more resources than you. Um, so it was really kind of, oh, and you had to do exploring. There's a lot of un you know, explored galaxies. So depending on which galaxies you explore, depending on how many resources were available, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it was a really in-depth, very complicated game. You know, a lot of people had a hard time with it and they struggled with it um, because of how difficult it was. And yeah, so I, I love that game. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, I remember giving I, it to you when we were in like fifth grade or whatever, and you 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 got really frustrated and gave it back. And he's like, I can't win. <laughs> I hate I've, this game. Yeah, as as cool as the simulation like battles where the little squares are like, pew, pew, um, I couldn't do it. I couldn't win. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um. But yeah, it it looks like you know when I was listening to it, they were talking about how there's a lot of diplomacy in in the game, and you're kind of struggling and fighting to you know, get power of the galaxy and be in charge of um, either the rebellion or uh, the empire. And so what I don't know if it's going to be one of those um, mobile games that is like pay to win kind of a game. And if so, I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> and if it's super massive online that all of a sudden those big guilds that always play together, join in, they're at the top and everybody else is just kind of there to be there, you know, like, Oh yeah. I, I, I'll be really curious to see how they go with it because the truth is I feel like they need to get away from with mobile games. A lot of mobile games, it's all about money. It's all about money, 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 money right away with the mobile games. And I want a mobile game that is indeed a game without the without people wanting my money. That yeah. is that that to me is would be an awesome mobile game. Um, so we'll see what they end up doing with it. Um but that one's supposed to come out. Oh, when was that one going to come out? I forget. I think that was the first Star Wars game that's going to be coming out here soon. I think next Christmas or so. So 19, December of 19 is when they're estimating that's going to get released. Um, and then the other Star Wars situation is we talked in our last podcast about how um, that 
full open world MMO Star Wars game got canceled. Well, it kind of got uncanceled, but there's really no new news except for that it's kind of been uncanceled. So <laughs> it got canceled and now it's uncanceled, but we don't know anything about who's going to be writing, who's working towards it, what, you know, uh, which company or which EA um, campus is going to be working on it. We don't know any other information. We just know it got re-uncanceled. So, yeah, I've been, I've been seeing so much, so many flip-flop articles on that. So like, I'm just kind of like, I don't even know at this point. I guess like when there was that one, uh, the visceral one, which moved to what EA, an EA, some EA studio, I, Vancouver, that's what it was. Um, oh yeah, Vancouver. And then I guess the other one was the respawn one that's always been kind of around in the background, which I guess I'm like, I'm just going to put the Vancouver one out of my mind for a while while they figure out their, what's going on. Um, and maybe the respawn one will have a little bit of a chance because uh, they're, it's a, they're a good developer. Um, so hopefully, uh, hopefully they can make something interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at that, the screenshots of that mobile game uh, that closed alpha. It's on the Google play store. Um, it's full though. I can't download it. Um, <laughs> but like you said, I, it seems like all the mobile games that are actually good and get like, you know, good reviews and are not microtransaction heavy are not, they're never like strategy games. They're always like, you know, puzzle games or like, you know, a spinoff of something else or like Donut County or like, you know, an indie game. Like I wish there was a, a real time strategy game like this in this style. It just seems like that genre is full of microtransaction games. Um, so like you said, if, if somebody could create one, especially on an IP like Star Wars that was like a real-time strategy, like base building type thing and or like anything like Rebellion. That would be awesome. Um, yeah, honestly, really looking at, at the screenshots of this, on, like you said, on Google Play Store, like I cannot help but think this is totally what they wanted Rebellion to be. Um, yeah, it's a good platform for it. Like there's not the, the controls of mobile don't hold back what Rebellion was at all. Yeah. I mean, they they show a planet, and there is you know the Republic has you know eighty one thousand reputation, while the Empire has sixty seven thousand reputation, and that's exactly what what Rebellion was. Is you could send people to incite uprising if it was controlled by the Alliance, and they would slowly but surely cause the shift over. And if it got so bad, the people who had control of it had to like you know garrison more troops there to maintain order or else the people killed all your troops and flipped over to the Alliance, you know, and that was a common thing sometimes in rebellion is you all of a sudden you lose a planet because the rebellion happened and they didn't like what you were doing in, in the world and stuff. Um, I mean, one cool little technique in, in rebellion is when you were able to build the death star and you decided to just to destroy a planet, every single one of your planets that you controlled as the empire, all of a sudden went a little bit more towards the rebellion. So if you killed too many planets, you could lose all of your planets uh, because you're destroying too many planets. So it was kind of an interesting kind of play on it and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, this game kind of looks pretty cool like that, where you go into the planet and you upgrade the mining, you upgrade the economy, um, and then you have like battles, it looks like, between different ships and stuff. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be excited about it. I'm probably going to get it, especially if it's free. So Yeah, I'll try it out. if it, um, And if it has a ton of microtransactions, this is a bad one-star review for me. Yeah, exactly. Same here. <laughs> uh, Same here. But we'll give it a chance. Um, okay, so on to the 
onto some of these bigger things, maybe not bigger things, but I feel like we might talk about it a little bit more. So I put them at the end. Um, the first one I have on here is about GameStop, everybody's favorite retailer. Um, what does this article say? So, so game, basically, um, it it's a it's a buyout rumor, I guess, because uh, for the past couple years, at least, it seems like you see an article every once in a while about like you know GameStop's doomed or like they're gonna shut down soon or like the retail market for used games is gonna like is drying up or like whatever. But I guess there there is a buyout rumor right now that um, is expected to be completed by the end of February 2019, is what it says. I'm reading IGN here. Um, following a third quarter loss of over 40, 488 million in November. That, uh, yeah, that's year. crazy. <laughs> it was just, yeah, they're not, it seems like they're not doing well. And I mean, it, it's not surprising, like just because, you know, did their, their whole business is based on at least most of it has always been based on used console games. And I just don't think like that market is drying up as digital gets more and more popular. So I think they, I mean, they've been pushing other stuff too. Like, like they, they always like have a ton of collectibles now and you can get that kind of like memorabilia and you can get Funkos and t-shirts and all that kind of stuff there too. But, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting to think about like where retailers are right now in the game space and like if they still need to be there and why, I guess for myself, just coming from a person who actually, I still buy like a decent amount of physical media mainly because I want to be able to sell it uh, when I'm done with it. Um, So I think if everything went digital, I would be kind of sad, at least in the short term, because digital console games are not that cheap um, when it, when you look at something like steam on PC side. Yeah. My, my thing is, is I like to share my, my games when I'm done with them. So like, you know, my brother-in-law wanted to play sea of thieves and, I had an extra copy of it. And so I just gave him an, a, the copy, you know, if it was all digital, if I had two extra digital copies, it, you know, I could still give it to him, but it would just be, it wouldn't be as easy. I feel like, you know, there's a little more extra work as opposed to when he was just visiting, we were talking about it and I handed him the CD and said, here you go. You can have it. And he's like, Oh, thanks. You know? And I don't know. I've, I've usually, whenever I get a chance to buy a game, I usually buy it. Um, I try to buy the physical copy personally my reason why though is i don't have a large hard drive uh, i don't have an external for my oh, xbox okay. and so the, that's constantly downloading or deleting games you know i can with my original xbox and the games that we normally play uh i can usually have like comfortably i have like six games on there and then i only have like 20 percent left of my store space and you know, granted, we don't spend it. We don't play a whole lot of other games and stuff, but it makes it harder when we're like, hey, let's play. Like, for example, when we have this, you know, this free trial coming up with Athena. Is Athena right? Or Anthem? Anthem. Yeah. Anthem. Uh, when Anthem is coming out, it's probably going to be a pretty large game. So I'm going to have to probably uninstall some of the games I have saved. So, you know, probably have to uninstall Sea of Thieves. Granted, it's going to get reinstalled and it's going to be smaller. So maybe I'll have some more space, but. Yeah. I mean, in ins- installing the games, uh, that is one thing nice about discs. Even it seems like, regardless of how fast our internet is, disc installations are so much faster yep. than yep. Um, than because it seems like the, th- I don't know if the Xbox servers just throttle like, or if it's based on load or like when you're doing a download. I don't know. Mine never seems to get up to my internet speed for an installation, at least not for the whole thing. Um, 
it's not terrible, but it's like a disc is so much faster. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess for, yeah, I, I'm with you there. Same thing. And I have an external hard drive. I guess my other thing is just, I like being able to sell stuff. Um, and I play a lot of single player games that I don't want when I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have spent like, you know, hopefully I usually try and wait and not spend $60, but what if you spend $60 on a single player game and, and you're done? Like if you're not going to play that again, man, that's a lot of money to, to have sunk into that. Exactly. Cause yeah, you can't really sell that out to anywhere else. And yeah, they would have to make it to where it's going to make it more, uh, enticing to get those monthly subscriptions as long as they have more, yeah. um, game options in there. Uh, I guess, yeah. Like stuff like stuff like game pass and whatever else there's going to be, I guess EA access is considered in that, in that bucket, but game Pass is, is probably the leader right now in terms of, subscription-based services but yeah that's a good point i guess that if that can kind of take off a little bit from where it is now and have a little bit more especially triple a stuff that's outside of the xbox family um i could see it being more of a use case especially for me because i have game pass i think it's great value right now even as it stands today uh i could see that being a case for like maybe i just don't need to buy games anymore (laughs) and like uh, maybe I don't need to worry about like trying everything new because there's so much stuff on here that I haven't played that I'll just play what's on here when it's on. Here. Exactly. I, I, I find myself doing that a little bit more already, even with having game pass. Like it's like, Oh cool. There's new stuff on game pass. And it's like, I'm not really necessarily thinking about, did this just come out or like, is this a new title? <laughs> I'm just thinking about, Oh, it's new on game pass. But like, the game might have came out two years ago. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> like I a new car. I, it's new to you and you're excited about it. Yeah. And I, I've never been that way with anything with games. I'm always like, you know, and I still read the news all the time and I'm up. I know what's coming out, but I guess like my mentality, even with the few months that I've been using Game Pass more frequently has is starting to shift a little bit. So I could see it becoming more of the, you know, exactly like Netflix. Just like I have Netflix, I have Game Pass, so I don't need to... You know, I just, I just follow what's new on that. That's it. And that's enough for, I play a lot of games and I can't get through any of this, like half of the stuff on game pass. They put so much stuff on there. So it's like, I don't know. I guess there's a, there's not a huge need for retailers. (laughs) At least there's not going to be in the next five years, 10 years. I don't know. So my, my big story with game pass, um, that was more recent that it kind of like turned me off of game pass in general is when we moved up here to Spokane, I was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna downsize a little bit. I don't play Rock Band anymore, so I I'm gonna see if Game Pass will buy back my drum set and my guitar, and you know, I can send. Oh, you mean GameStop? GameStop. Excuse me, thank you. Um, yeah, we're bashing not to bash. Yeah, Game Pass. not to bash Game Pass. We love you, Xbox. <laughs> but yeah, bash GameStop all you want. Um, so ahead. I went to to see if they would take it back, and they're like, oh yeah, we don't buy that back anymore. And I'm just like, what? It, the The drums and everything, the whole set for a rock band when I bought it was easily over $100 for the whole thing. And now they won't even give me anything for it. I'm like, rock band's not completely dead, I don't think. And so anyways, I'm actually glad I didn't though because recently I started playing it again and I'm like, oh yeah, I love rock band. Why did I ever want to not play rock band? It is weird. I've had a few experiences like that too in their store where like there'll be something that maybe doesn't, they don't sell retail anymore, but it's like people would still buy it like off your shelf, like for sure. Um, 
and, but they like don't have a, a skew in their system for it. So they just can't take it. Like yeah. it's, it's weird. Um, that's happened to me a couple times. And that's the hard thing too, is like I, be, before I bought this brand new at target, cause it was on sale. I was looking around to find anybody's trying to sell it on like a virtual yard sale or Craigslist or anything. You know, I was willing to drive up to Spokane at the time I was in Walla Walla. So I was looking in Boise and Spokane and Portland and Seattle, you know, all the big cities around me and like nobody was selling it. So I was trying to find it, trying to find it. And so I knew whenever one did show up, it would be sold almost instantly. And it went for so much money, um, almost brand new pricing. It's because everybody wanted it. Everybody knew that that was kind of a game that was hard or in controller type stuff. To It's hard to get now. And so, yeah, it doesn't make sense yeah. to me why GameStop wouldn't be willing to say, hey, give me all that stuff. We'll take it because I'm sure people that was my first thought to just give it to GameStop and they'll be able to sell it and flip it to somebody else. So, yeah, yeah, it's probably more of the just their system doesn't support it but i don't understand why they what it should they should figure that a way to around that for stuff like that especially yeah somebody's gonna buy rock band stuff there's people that are out there for it it, um, it probably would have saved even if they're not selling it retail <laughs> what? yeah for sure that'd be at least half of it yeah exactly <laughs> i've got a 200 million dollar um, idea for you buy back rock band stuff i with game pat game i keep saying game pass now we're all, uh like we're getting confused my bad uh i uh that's okay <laughs> i GameStop, I have a love-hate relationship with GameStop because I, man, they, they're just a terrible retailer, at least in my experience. And a lot of other people I know's experiences as well. Um, they, like multiple times too, I've had them, you know, you'll buy a new game and like, it's not a new game because they opened it and like, you know, they opened it to put the case on the shelf, but like, oh, that's the one we, that's the only one we have left. So you have to have it opened and like the disc is in this sleeve or like, we don't have the case anymore, man. It's just, I, it's just some weird stuff. Like I hate buying games from them and I usually don't, uh, but they trade in deals that they, at least they haven't had a good one this year or at least like in the last six months, but they always end up having these really good, like, stackable trade-in deals that are if you time it right and you have like the right amount of games to stack and you like sign up for their thing and you can get a lot of credit it's just that what do you do with GameStop credit because I don't want to buy games at GameStop because they're way more expensive than other people and I don't want to give them business so I usually have like if they have a really good trade-in week I'll sign up for their thing go trade in my stuff get a gift card and then I'll use that gift card to buy xbox gift cards on their website nice. buy digital xbox games and that's what i've done i've done been doing that for a couple of years but i have a lot of credit on a gamestop gift card that i still like don't i need to use somewhere but you i use don't it before they get I don't really out because like, maybe they'll go under yeah well that's that's what caught my eye originally with this article because i was like i need to make sure they're not going out of business because if they are going under i need to go buy something uh <laughs> something big i'll go buy a playstation or something um but yeah anyways uh i i don't know i guess i could go either way i feel like if games retail starts to die completely and if gamestop goes under if they don't get bought out if they actually went under for sure i think that's like a sign of the times <laughs> i think other because i mean best buy does a decent job and like there's some other retailers i'm sure that like are have decent prices amazon uh is still there for physical media but i think i'd be fine if physical media died as long as digital prices catch up 
or if subscription services fill in the gaps, like that kind of a thing, which I think probably would happen because I think um, hopefully people would speak with their wallets. But it, it's like it happened on PC. Steam Steam is so cheap and they have great sales all the time. Um, and I don't know. It seems like the same thing hopefully would happen on consoles, but I I don't like the idea as much because Microsoft and Sony control the storefronts. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I guess we'll see where it goes. But Microsoft has been pretty good, at least with trying to provide value, I feel like. So it seems like they're doing their part for not trying to like um, get all the money out of the consumer super quickly. Um, so hopefully if it does go more digital, they'll they'll try and do more sales. Yeah, we'll but have to anyways, keep an eye on it. It's, you know, since it's coming up here, it's supposed to supposedly be done by next month and this is we're almost done with this month so yeah that that will happen pretty quickly and if i've learned anything also with buyouts because my company where i work right now is being bought out that the people who bought our company came in and were talking to us that the buyouts don't usually just happen really quickly this conversation's been going on for a long time for probably about three years now so you know oh. you don't usually buy somebody out so quickly it's something that the owners are like, Hey, they'll, they'll leak it to some of the people who might be interested in buying them and just to see what they would be willing to offer. And then they kind of start bidding back and forth, back and forth. And they, yeah. So this has been probably in discussion for a long time. And the fact that we're getting it now, it means it's probably pretty close to being finalized. So yeah, I would imagine here in the next week or two, we'll hear something from it. Cool. Well, long live GameStop. <laughs> um, the new blockbuster. So far, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's probably going to end up being that way eventually. It's the kids inevitable. these days will be like, you remember when Blockbuster used to be, or not Blockbuster, GameStop used to be a thing, and all us old people will be like, yeah, it was, used to be called Blockbuster. <laughs> That's where you used to get your games. Yeah, you used to go down to the local Blockbuster and rent N64 cartridges. That's right. Um, for a couple of days, and then I'd take them back. Um. Anyways, on to the final article I put on here, uh, which is a Sony article. Um, so I'm not sure how much we'll have to talk about some of these titles, but um, it was it was on an IGN podcast because uh, they have podcasts for all the platforms. But uh, just talking about their exclusives for possibly 2019, 2020, possibly after that. I have no idea. I don't think anybody knows um, when some of these games are coming out. I think the big ones for Sony on the table right now are Last of Us Part 2, Death Stranding, which is the Hideo Kojima game, um, the weird looking game with like the the guy from The Walking Dead and like the baby attached to him with a, I I don't, in a hazmat (laughs) suit, like walking in the, have you seen anything about this game? No, I haven't. Um, Well, you don't, don't look it up. It's just a mess. Um, It's really weird. They've just shown trailers, like is it, I think, and a little bit of like walking simulator gameplay. But um, And then Ghost of Tsushima is the other title that they showed off, I think, at E3 last year. I think that was when they first announced it. And that's like the, it's pretty much like in the vein of all their other games that they, the big games that they do, like, you know, it's just a probably story heavy, like action game, um, single player. But it's like uh, in like feudal Japan is the setting for it. So it oh, actually looks really cool. interesting. It looks, it looks really cool. And there's like not any other games, at least huge ones in recent memory that have done that kind of a thing. 
but this is at the same time where that from software, I can't remember the name of the game, but the people who make Dark Souls, they're making uh, another game that's also with like Japanese stuff as well. Also, um, also Kingdom Hearts is one of their exclusives, I believe, right? That is, I don't believe that's exclusive. Not the not the new one. Um, a lot of the old ones, I think, were uh, exclusive because we don't have those on Xbox. But the new one, I believe, is everywhere. Um, and I'm really interested to understand what the heck that is. <laughs> have you ever played time, Kingdom Hearts? I I have not. Have you? Um, so funny moment about it. Um, no, I have not. But growing up, there is you know one of our good friends, Brandon. He had a little brother, a stepbrother, Dustin. And I remember Dustin played that game all the time. And so I was in high school, I think, when Kingdom Hearts first came out. But it's kind of a weird, like, you have this, you know, anime character with this massive key as a weapon. And then you have a bunch of Disney characters all throughout it. So Goofy and Mickey and, you know, it just was kind of a weird twist on Disney. It's kind of how I always saw it. But I never played it, but I always thought, you know, everybody raved about it. It's one of those games that, you know, if I ever did get a Sony PlayStation or something, I would probably try it um, as one of those antique games that you just have to try. But I've never just, I've never, A, I've never had enough expendable income to buy more than one console. Um, and B, I've never really been interested in Sony's console, to be honest with you. So let me look it up real quick because I think Kingdom Hearts, what is it, three? Yeah, three. I, I believe it's coming to all consoles, but let me confirm that. Um, because I, yeah, it is coming to Xbox One. Um, and as well as PlayStation 4 at the end of the month, I guess. I didn't realize that was so so coming up so soon. Um, I've always been interested in it because yeah, I six days. really like Disney. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like Disney and I, I don't know. It's I've never understood what it is though because the trailers are always like kind of like anime guys with anime style like you know really like uh kind of like rock music with like a female lead singer in the background like and then and then the key like you said and then like the guys from monsters inc like hey sully (laughs) yeah donald duck sitting around (laughs) um so i'm not sure i don't really like anime at all so and i've uh, so, but I really like Disney and it would be and the worlds that you're in like they're in like Toy Story Andy's room running around and like in Frozen World and I don't know I guess I'll have to wait I'm not I'm not going to purchase it at launch for sure I, I'll have to wait and like see reviews and watch some gameplay maybe yeah it's such a mashup because the main character kind of looks like Final Fantasy you know a guy out of Final Fantasy yeah. but then at the same time yeah there's a picture a screenshot I'm looking at right now where the guy the main character's on the rocket from Toy Story with Buzz and Woody <laughs> And you're like, what? yeah, and that sounds awesome. But is it going to be like, are they getting the i the actual like good voices for the Disney characters, or is it like in is it is it in Japanese or like? No, I, I think it's, I, I don't it's not going to be in Japanese. I don't think. <laughs> okay, well, I want to. I'll have to see some gameplay because I if it's like super knockoffy, I think I I don't think I would like it. But if it feels like, oh, I'm actually like this is a decent Disney game, then I could maybe get into that because I actually like the other Disney games and they're for children and this is a real one. Um, cool. That was a little bit of a um, little side off topic conversation, yeah. but I, I love it. We'll, we'll have to follow up on Kingdom Hearts when that's actually out because I 
don't know anything about it beyond what we've just said. What's beautiful is it should be out by our, after by our next podcast. So we should be able to have some gameplay footage that we can look over and see how it goes uh, before next week. So we'll put that on the conversation and talk a little bit about next week. Okay, cool. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, so back to Sony. I, I don't know. I guess I thought the topic of conversation I thought was maybe just because we talked about Xbox and the exclusive they coming they have coming out in 2019. We talked about that last week. And theirs are more kind of like nailed down. It's just they don't have a lot, especially heavy hitters like Sony does. They have, I mean, Crackdown 3, which is 50%. That's just a complete flop. I have no idea. Um, and then they have Ori, which is going to be great, but it's like it's still kind of an indie game. Um, so I don't know if that's like a huge title for them or not. I mean, and then they have, I think they've said Gears is coming out in 2019, which is like, it's a big game, but it's still Gears. I, at least that's what people say. Uh, so people don't talk about Gears like they talk about The Last of Us. Um, so it's like, I don't know. I guess I've just been wondering, do, is Sony going to release anything in 2019? They have to probably. But if they do, then what are they going to release in 20? Like, what are they going to release for launch titles for the PS5? Because that, that's the window that we're in. And it, it's like Microsoft on their side, you can see like, well, Halo Infinite is probably going to be a launch title for whatever the next console is. I doubt that's coming out on Xbox One. Um, and I don't know if they have other stuff, but it's like they've kind of already shown a little bit of like, yeah, we're looking at the next one. We're just kind of like in maintenance mode with the current consoles because we lost and we need to hit hard when the next one comes out. But Sony, I feel like, has just been talking about these games for so long already that, I don't know, seems like they could come out now, they could come out later, who knows. Um, if they all came out this year, they are going to crush it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because Xbox does not have a lot going on. It'll be exactly like last year when they crushed it as well with Spider-Man and what else came out last year? There was a ton of stuff. Honestly, I've been really disappointed with Xbox and how their exclusives that they go into. I mean, they yeah, they haven't been doing very good at trying to wow people with their exclusives. I mean, you look at the ones that PS4 has, they're always high, high, high graphics, very cinematic. They, they have the feel of Red Dead 2 type feels. Um, like, honestly, Death Stranding, I don't really have an interest in playing the game. It seems a little bit on the uh, scary side. And the truth is I only play when it's dark outside. So yes, I'm a chicken. Um, don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't mess with scary games when it's dark outside and it's just me. Uh, nope. And so, um, but the, the trailer, the cinematic trailer is beautiful and it's intriguing and it pulls you in. And if it was a movie, I'd be like, just all about that. Um, but yeah, like that one, as well as The Last of Us looks very, it, it honestly looks like zombie-esque Red Dead 2 type um, quality. So, I mean, truth is PS4, I mean, as much as I knock PS4 for just, you know, being dumb because I'm an Xbox person, um, which has no merit whatsoever. <laughs> the truth is Sony's been doing a great job. Like they've been really putting out quality. They've been really yeah, pushing sure. the boundaries of it. Um the games they're coming out with are, are great. Um, so, you know, the truth is I can't knock them. I'm just bitter that it's not my console that's doing good. Well, and it's 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 more like when you look at the studio count for each of these, I'm, I'm looking up right now to, to get all these studios just so I can remember. I mean, Sony has, has had 
some of these first party studios for so long. Like they have Naughty Dog, they have Guerrilla Games, they have Santa Monica, they have Media Molecule, they have Polyphony Digital, they have Sucker Punch, they have Japan Studio, they have Bend, they have San Diego. And those are all studios that make triple A first party games. And Microsoft, I'm trying to filter out the ones that they didn't buy last year. They have 343 for Halo. They have the Coalition for Gears. They have Turn 10 for Forza. And they have Rare, I guess, for Sea of Thieves. And that's it. At least the list that I'm looking at. That's it. Like, they don't have that much first people to make first party. um, And they bought, what, how many studios they bought? One, two, three, four, five... Oh, and they have Mojang, I guess, for Minecraft, but that's not an exclusive game, so that doesn't count. Um, I mean, they bought at least five studios last year, but I don't know if the results of those purchases are going to um, come to fruition by the launch of the next console. I doubt it. There's not enough I, time. And this may sound, seem kind of like an odd take, and I know um, Sony has some some kid-type games, but it really does kind of feel like the Xbox game selection that they've been going towards is to replace the Nintendo. You know, like a lot of the games are kind of kiddish, high school age and lower that you can play or easy to get into. Um, the graphics are more uh, just kind of, they're not like as polished on things. I mean, Red Dead 2 is great, but you I mean, look at Overwatch. Overwatch isn't really high-end graphics. Um, Minecraft, definitely not. And yet those are kind of, and even Sea of Thieves, it, the water's beautiful, but the actual graphics of the characters are very cartoony. And it seems like that's what the, you know, Nintendo used to be. Nintendo, the, the N64 and GameCube were all those type of games. Sony's always kind of had the push the envelope of virtual reality, of realistic looking gameplay, um, adult themed games where you kind of get more immersed into the character and the lifestyle. So I feel like that's kind of why they're doing so good is there's so many older gamers now. Um, yeah. Exactly. That's what people want is now. People, you know, we, we all grew up at like the cutting edge of gaming and you, they, people probably thought, Oh, you know, those gamers are going to grow up and stop gaming. Well, I don't think that happened. I think that people will, kind of grew up and realized they can still implement their gaming lifestyle even though they're older they just want a different type of game than what they had as a kid um i mean i always have my nostalgic moments of wanting to go back and play those not nostalgic games but at the same time i think that they strive for more of a deeper connection with the the story and development and the immersion of the the gameplay and i think sony's doing a great job with that no, I think I think you make a good point for like the the idea that Microsoft has not allowed their properties to grow up with their gamers. I don't think they've done a great job of that. Especially when you look at stuff like Gears and Halo, which I feel like have not evolved like almost at all. Yeah, seriously. Um and not to not to say I don't like Gears and Halo cuz Gears 4 was a great looking game and it played like Gears, sure. But I I still feel like it it could go so much further. When you look at what the new God of War is to compared to God of War three, granted there's a long time span between those games, but it's like, man, they didn't, they like, they took a lot of risks and they were like, we need to make this 
something new and something fresh and we need to make it serious and we need to take some, we need to take our time with setting up like a story for these characters that actually matters. And I feel like Microsoft still hasn't worked there with some of their first party stuff that already exists. I, I think my other idea that I've always had of like what happened was that, I mean, some of these other companies too, that aren't, aren't first party companies are made the same, maybe not mistake, but they went the same way with the trend of like, we need to make a always on game and we need to make a game that's streamable and we need to make a Twitch game and we need to make a, a game as a service that never dies. And Microsoft, I think kind of got sucked into that mentality of like, well, all of our games need to be like multiplayer and they need to be streamable and they need to have these giant communities that help us build. And it's like, yeah, but you don't, every game does not need to be that game. And I think Sony was just like in the corner, like not listening, we're not listening. We're just going to make a hardcore single player experiences and it paid off for them big time. But I think Microsoft, at least from what the narrative is with like Phil Spencer and the leadership there now, it seems like they're listening and they know what they have to do. It's just that they are still paying for the mistakes of the old Xbox um, leads that made a lot of decisions and set a lot of things in motion. And it's like, it takes time to build games and they, their first party uh, even now with all the studios they have, it's like, it's still going to take them a while. I mean, they have the initiative now, which is that new, they call it a quadruple A studio, <laughs> um, is the new studio that they, they built from scratch last year with a lot of a lot of big names in the industry are at that studio now. And I like 100% guarantee you they're probably making a, an, a, like a third person single player action game to compete with Sony. But how long is that going to take? Like three or four years at the minimum? Yeah, like, easily. Th- so it's like, I don't think that's a launch game, but I could see them maybe getting a few things ready for launch and then like maybe Halo Infinite's ready for launch. Um, and then maybe like they tease a few things from the new studios around that time of like, here's what's coming up for this new console. I could see them spinning it that way. I just, I still think that for the next couple of years, they're really going to be having a hard time competing with Sony who has all these things that are already in the chamber, like just ready to go. Um, I guess I the back to Sony as the topic was just like I wonder if they're gonna hold their stuff to the next console because I if I'm Sony it's like they already won like they they won this generation easily in terms of units sold so they don't really need to do a ton in 2019 like to compete even if they start like maybe diving in sales because there's not a huge like number of new first party exclusives to make people buy new consoles. It's like, does that really matter? Like, wouldn't they be in a better spot if they held some of those titles till launch of PS5 and then say, Hey, Xbox suck it. (laughs) We have, (laughs) we have all these games. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Um, The question I think that we we need to know more about is, is when is the new PS4 and new Xbox coming out? Um, I don't think there's been anything officially released on what year either one of them are going to release. And I feel like whoever announces first and releases first will lose um, in terms of specs. Um, I mean, that's always the thing is the first one releases and then the other one will just be a smidge better. And so usually in this situation, again, all the leverage and all the strategies on Sony's side, they are already winning. Like you said, they've won this quarter. They've won a lot of the games. 
and that are still innovating and still winning. And so they're just waiting for Xbox to release, you know, their next thing to try to catch up to Sony. And at yeah. that point they can say, okay, so this is what you're going to need to catch up. And here's just a little bit better, you know? So do you think you know, that's, that this first question I'd ask is the case though? Cause like there, it takes a while to get, uh, you know, it takes time to get the hardware first, like planned. What are we going to put in the console to get dev kits made, to get those out and testing and then like to get a production line in place. Like they at least, you know, have to have, I don't know, six months to a year of like, it's set. We have to have this set. Like they can't change it that last minute in terms of like, let's put some more Ram in there. Cause we got to up, up the other guys. Like, I mean, Microsoft had the, with the X, they of course just like, they launched it like six months later, or I don't know how it was a while later, maybe a year later. It's in the P, the PlayStation 4 Pro. So they kind of did do what you're saying was they saw Sony's hand and then they said, okay, we got to make something that's way better than that. Um, but isn't, I, I guess I've just been assuming that with the launch of the next consoles that they're going to do like, you know, day and date or like week after week of they're both going to launch at the same time, like they did last time in 2013, which in that case, I don't think they knew exactly what the other person was doing, or at least they didn't have enough cha- enough time to respond to the specs of the other console. And that could be, that could be how they choose to do it. I just see, you know, I, I think these are, these are big companies. I, I don't think they think, I mean, they have a lot of areas to, to uh, innovate and really put money into our uh, research and development that, I wouldn't be surprised if both companies or one company has, you know, their their basic of what they want the next console to be. They then they have another version that's slightly above that, and a version that's slightly above that, um, with the intent that they're like, hey, our basic. If we release our basic and it's less than what the other guy is, we can always quickly be like, oh, actually, here's our you know next version up. Uh, without having to do too much development. So I, I would imagine they're developing two at the same time, you know, two or three different specs at the same time. Um, just that could so be, that- and they wait till they see the other guys, uh, maybe, or at least rumors of, you know, seeing what the other guys are doing, and then they pick, they finalize one of their specs. Exactly. Just like the, the lowest common denominator that's better than Sony. <laughs> exactly. Because, because if you think about it, if they're like, hey, where we find our perfect spot is, is our, our medium one we'll go with that medium one with the expectation that in two years we already have the you know xbox one s again that we can yep the update yeah we can update we can get some more money in we can go that route um as opposed to as soon as the xbox first comes out then they're already starting to think about the next one so like i think they have three or four different specs that they're working on three different levels um maybe more i don't know um but yeah i i don't think I don't think Sony has to release their information anytime soon. And with that being said, if they think, if they honestly think they're going to release their new console in 2020, then I would say they should be releasing these exclusives that they're, they're mentioning right now within the next few months. I think that should be when they should release those because you don't want to release these exclusives and then release a brand new console right afterwards that, you know, you have to upgrade everything to be able to play. Um, I'm sure everything's going to be backwards compatible. It's not going to be as extreme of a jump for like 360 to Xbox One. I think that you should they they'll have things backwards compatible right away. Yeah, it's a good point. If 
if they're waiting until end of year, why not just wait till 2020? Like, why would you, I, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they do it with one, but yeah, I, I agree with you. Like if they're not going to release them in the first half of the year, it's like, why would you, why would you ship all those games like this holiday? If your next console is coming out in less than a year. And that they got to release their console near holiday as well. So it's going to be released before Thanksgiving probably, or around Thanksgiving, I would imagine. So, you know, if you think about it that way too, they're not going to release their new console in 2019. So we have over a year's worth of time before the next console comes out, you know, around that Thanksgiving holiday purchase time. So yeah, I would, I think they, these, all these exclusives are probably going to come out sometime this year and there'll be plenty of time. Cause I'd say six months is plenty of time between a release of a game to release of a console and people feel like they had adequate amount of time to play the game before they are shifting over. Yeah. Well, and I don't know, I reading this list of games again, just those three, like I'm not even sure if they've announced like any, I, I know death stranding. I'm almost positive. That's not coming out this year. So I could see that as being like, that's a launch title. I could see that. Uh, Which is Ghost so crazy because that, that, that cinematic trailer for that one, didn't that come out like last year or the year before? <laughs> oh, at least I think two years ago, maybe. And then they did like another teaser. It, Sony always does that though. They they do the long haul tease, but they do it just well enough. And they put out just enough new stuff to where it seems like nobody gets mad at it. Um, and to be fair, they they've kind of earned that because they do still put out like a steady pace of really good quality stuff. Um, and then when Microsoft tried it, they, they end up having to cancel everything, <laughs> but, um, like scale bound and, and then the crackdown fiasco and, oh man. Uh, but I, Death Stranding, there's no way, I don't think, at least from, they haven't shown anything. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, that's fairly new. So I can see that being launched, but Last of Us 2 is the one that I'm wondering, like, maybe they'll try and put that out in 2019 because they've been talking about that for a while and they've shown like a decent amount of gameplay for that as well. Uh, it's got to be, it's got to be pretty close to ready. Um, and that would be like kind of a thing I could see like hitting 2019 with the last of us two would probably be all you would need to just dominate the news cycle for a long time and dominate everybody's game of the year lists. Um, and then they don't have to worry about it. <laughs> uh, and then save everything else for the launch. Yeah, that that seems like a good um, idea. So I guess we'll see. But yeah, I mean, that's it's interesting to talk about Sony. I know we haven't played any of those games, but I've played like the original Last of Us and, you know, the Uncharted series and their games are good. It's not really my cup of tea necessarily, but um, uh, they're good games. They're put together very well and, and they look great. Um, but yeah, anyways... I think that's all I have for the news. Um, it was kind of a slow news week, but I some of those uh, news articles just got me thinking about certain things that are heading this way in this year. Yeah. And honestly, we, we still had a, a pretty full episode today, so hopefully everybody was able to stick with us all the way through. I mean... Yeah, it's pushing over. It's an hour. I didn't even see it. Shoot. Yeah. So hopefully you're still here. Hopefully you're not bored. Um, and don't forget to... Give us a rating on iTunes or wherever your podcasts. Um, ideally, a five star would be great. And then also, if you want to interact with us on Twitter, uh, feel free to follow us on WBG Cast on Twitter. So hopefully, I'll have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you next time. See you next week.